millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to Work It, the new podcast all about entrepreneurs who happen to be women. Hosted by me, journalist Angelica Malin, in collaboration with Work Life. Work Life believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. In fact, they think that you can blend your work and your life to create a lifestyle you love all the time, not just outside the nine to five. This week, I'm talking to Michaela Jackson, who is a fantastic life, career and business coach. We're going to be discussing all things related to starting your own business, whether that's confidence, goal setting, self-belief, the works. I really enjoyed this episode and I really hope you will too. to work it this week I'm joined by Michaela Jackson who is a life coach career coach just everything business coach and I we're going to be talking about coaching and about how to make really great life choices and career choices that's a lot of things um so tell us a little bit about your company She Almighty how did the idea come about and what's the work that you do my um business She Almighty provides career business life coaching services and events for women as you quite rightly um introduced there and it's very much about women taking control, uh, making things happen, self-empowering, if you like, to create careers, businesses and lives they love with positive impact. Amazing. And how did it come about? What were you doing before launching the business? So prior to She Almighty, uh, in my previous life, I worked in sales management and recruitment. Um, to be honest with you, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I was always kind of super ambitious, but... Um, as lots of us figure out, school doesn't always, and university doesn't always set us up for life beyond those things, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of fell into different jobs. And um, although they were good jobs, earned good money, learned a lot, I kind of was lacking that sense of purpose and fulfillment. Um, I lived in Melbourne, Australia for a, for a few years, became owner partner of a sales and marketing company over there, um, which was great. But after a while, it just became relentless, working six days a week, mm. um, decided it was time to move back to the UK. And from Wales, you can probably tell from my, <laughs> from my accent. Um, and I thought, I just need to get to London. I need to just get a job and get to London and set up my life here. So I fell into recruitment um, or chose to get into recruitment because it was just a focus to, to get here. Um, and just, just it kind of got to that point where I thought, I'm just not feeling like the best version of me. Mm. I'm not happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled in my job. And that's kind of what led me to discover coaching. Mm. Um, but it still took me a few, few more job changes to make the decision to pluck up the courage to set up my own 
business. Because with coaching, it's quite a, it's not the easiest thing just to get into. There's a Mm. lot of people that claim to be coaches. There's a lot of competition out there. And also it's something that you do do on your own. You can have a coaching business with other coaches, but it tends to be something you start singularly. So the decision to launch a coaching business is actually, I think, harder than some other businesses. Yeah, I think as well, it's massively about a personal journey. I think the point of me getting into coaching was a journey in itself. And then when you, you know, I then kind of went along, discovered it and decided I was going to study it and practice it and did a diploma in in coaching. But even so, you're still learning a lot about yourself. You've got to, you've got to practice, you've got to learn your craft, learn your trade, right? Um, so that's even before. And I guess that's the part that I was confident with before I left my job. Even so, when I actually handed in my notice, I thought, I have no idea yeah. what I'm doing here. So that was a bit of a, but I'm an all or nothing person. So I'm not saying everybody out there should go and do that, but I just felt that's what I needed to do and had some savings in the bank. For a lot it. of women, confidence has been something mm. like we've discussed a lot this season is about how to build up your confidence if you're thinking about doing your own venture. What advice do you give people perhaps when you're uh, doing business coaching on building up confidence and kind of taking those risks like you did with your business to do your own thing? I think with that, it is about getting a bit strategic. So I think we build up almost, we can build up those um, irrational fears or um, maybe think we, we might not be good enough or whatever, those kinds of feelings. But Ultimately, it's because we haven't really, uh, we haven't done it before and we haven't given it the time to plan for it. So it's about actually thinking about, okay, well, what do I want this business to look like? What am I looking to achieve? And working backwards, you know, what are the, the milestones? What are the things that need to happen in order to make that become a reality? And then thinking about bringing it down so much to the point of what can I be doing today to move me forwards Mm. towards that goal so breaking it into smaller steps yeah absolutely do you think it's that big vision that overwhelms people absolutely I mean and there is lots to do don't get me wrong and even when you're in the midst of it it's very overwhelming isn't it Mm. (laughs) um but it is it's about simplifying it so yeah absolutely breaking getting clear on what's really important and what you're looking to achieve and then breaking it down creating those key milestones and, and actions that aren't so scary because then that removes the overwhelm and removes the fear. Mm. And what well. about personal confidence? So kind of mm. low self-confidence, limiting beliefs, like a lack of self-belief. Mm. What kind of advice do you give people if that's what they're struggling with? Yeah, well, often our beliefs about ourselves stem from, you know, our childhood sometimes. Um, you know, we're affected by things that people have said to us, whether it be, um, you know, parents, teachers, colleagues, or even, you know, the voices in our own head, the things that we tell ourselves. But actually, a lot of those times, th- those things aren't based on evidence at all. They're just, they're mm-hmm. stories, if you like, that we've to- told ourselves. So it is actually about reflecting on, okay, well, what's the evidence to say, I can't do this, or I'm not good at that. Um, and often it's the case that there isn't any But if it's something that you're not feeling confident in, it's, okay, well, what could I do in order to become more confident in doing that? So again, taking baby steps Mm. um, towards it. Um, So yeah, the question was on personal confidence, wasn't it? And I think um, it's putting yourself in situations as well that enable enable you to build that confidence. So um, I'm trying to think of an example of when it might be around personal confidence. Um, 
So say it's like networking. Mm-hmm. Say you know yeah. that your business networking would benefit. Networking is a good one. Yeah. Like your business, business would benefit if you put yourself out there more, but you're intimidated by the idea of it, you know, and you, you don't have that mm. personal confidence to go into a room and start talking to strangers. So you close yourself off business-wise mm. or career-wise. Networking is a really great example, actually. And I was talking about this in my last meetup. I run a monthly meetup in, in London called She Almighty Women's Coaching and Empowerment. Um, but networking is something that we think of it, don't we, as a bit of an awkward situation, mm. really, before we even go into it. And I think we're always going into it thinking, I've got to get something out of it. And of course, ultimately, that is the purpose. But I think it's just really going in. If, if we're thinking about a typical networking situation, it's just going in and having a conversation with someone, right? Mm. And when we do that all the time, we might do that in the queue in a shop or whatever it might be. But I think we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to go in and get business out of it or whatever it is or mm. um, form brilliant connections, which, again, maybe isn't a natural thing to happen overnight. You might be lucky you meet someone that can help you out, but actually they might get, get in touch with you a, a week or a month or a year later and something might come from yeah. that because they're aware of you. But I think also, just on the topic of networking, I think we think about networking as a group of strangers and people that we don't know. But there's so many people in our wider network that we can leverage that are that's warmer, you know, like our our colleagues, our ex-colleagues, our parents, our parents' friends, family, friends' friends. Mm. So there's lots of different ways of networking as well that isn't just like with a group of strangers in a room in an awkward Yeah, situation. and that can be less intimidating Yeah, to perhaps go through people you already vaguely know. Yeah. But I think it's that confidence often of changing the nature of a relationship. So you're family friends with someone. It's slightly changing the nature mm. of a dynamic by saying, would you introduce me to this or I have this business yeah. idea? Can we discuss it? Because suddenly it's no longer just a friendship yeah. but something other. That's a really good point. And I think the way that I would think about that is if it were the other way around and I could help someone out, would I do it? Mm. Would I connect? Would I make that connection for someone? Would I sit down with them and go through, I don't know, their CV or whatever it is? Yes, I would. Mm. You know, I'd really want to do that for someone. So why wouldn't someone want to do that for me? And if they didn't, then they'd let me know. So I think often we build up situations in our head and it doesn't need to change the nature of the relationship, I don't think. It's just... They're helping you out. Mm. I think we often just let fear get in the yeah. way of stuff that we really want to do. Absolutely. And are, also, especially with women, are scared of how people are going to perceive us. So we don't yeah. ask or don't ask for help often when we need it. Yeah. And it's interesting with the job that I do because I work with a lot of senior women and I think they often, you know, they'll come to me and want to work with me outside of their work environment because mm. they don't want to... Um, let on then to those perceived weaknesses that they have. They want to be able to be vulnerable and express that and people in the workplace not know about that. Yeah. The things that they're thinking, which... It's uh, like that fear of ambition yeah. in a way that we're slightly embarrassed by ambition or ambition with women is a bit of a dirty word. Yeah. And I feel like we have to get past that to actually like be empowered and, and succeed. Absolutely. There's a really good book called Ambition by Rachel Bridge, I think. She's actually from my from my town where I live in Berkhamsted. Um, there's, there's ambition, but there's also things like imposter syndrome because there's women that are doing incredibly well out there, but they're almost questioning how they got there, which um, it's a very, it, it's a funny, it's, it's a very real reality, that imposter syndrome. But um, it's interesting. I, I, just, I look at these women that are sitting in front of me and I think, 
you're amazing. Mm. You've done incredible things. Mm. I can see it. Why can't you? Mm. And often we can see it in, in others, but we don't see it in don't ourselves. See it in ourselves. And yeah. when it comes to success, until you start to internalize actually that success mm. no matter how much you achieve you won't ever feel successful and I we, yeah. we hosted a panel event a few months ago there was a very successful woman on the panel and she said to me I realized that I had to stop defining myself by my work because I would never reach that high that I wanted to and what I needed to do was say to myself if all of it stopped tomorrow and I didn't have anything I'm still successful like I'm still enough because yeah. defining us to ourselves too much by our work and that's how we internalize our feeling yeah. of success is kind of like dangerous this is a big point I mean I think that definition of success now I think we're recognizing aren't we I was listening to your podcast with Emma Gannon yeah. she was talking about this um, and it's something I talk about all the time as well. But I think, you know, that traditional definition of success and it is climbing up the ladder or it's fame or it's money or it's, you know, all those yeah. things. But actually success is, it's a much bigger picture, isn't it? Um, I know we're, you know, kind of a big part of why I started my business was it is a freedom and a lifestyle business too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a big part of that is the lifestyle part as yeah. well. And so you've got to remind yourself, you know, that's a really good example of if I'm able to work on my terms and go to a cafe or work on any project that I want or mm. go away and work abroad, that's also a bit of success in there because that's what I'm choosing to yeah. do. That's what I want. So it's actually getting clear. And I think when we take the time out to sit down and reflect on what success actually means to us, most of us will think about those things, we'll write those things down or mm. we'll realize it. But we often don't take the time out to do that. We're just functioning. We're just getting on with it and thinking, I've got to get to that next promotion or I've got to secure this business or whatever it is. Yeah. So that process of reflection and and also kind of um, rewarding yourself when you reach milestones as mm. well, I think is really key because I think sometimes we don't really realize where we've got to. We're not celebrating our successes at all yeah Um, just not sitting back and analyzing what we've done but kind of just going through the motions yeah how important do you think it is to set goals and like how often Mm. do you personally set goals for you and your business I think it's incredibly important because it gives you direction for one and if you don't set goals then you can't really be intentional with what you're looking to achieve so Setting goals are, it's not only just about it being, you know, I talk about big dreams and big goals and I think that's important and I'm, you know, I'm ambitious and that excites me. That's not for everyone, but I think actually goals are things that you're wanting to bring into your life. Um, and if you don't, you know, you're already far more likely to achieve them if you write them down for starters. Mm. I think this starts are changing all the time, but at least 50% more likely to achieve them. So that's a bit of a no brainer. And it's giving yourself things like a time frame. I know often if I don't have a real reason to achieve something like um, whatever it might be, like whether it's I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but if I don't put a date on it, I don't create urgency, mm. then I don't necessarily necessarily work towards it. So I think it's hugely important with direction, getting intentional and and then recognizing when you get there. So what we were just talking about, really, when you get there, you know that that actually that was a goal I set myself three months ago or six months or a year ago and I've actually achieved it yeah um so yeah so on that note with setting goals I would say I mean I'm checking in all the time but often I do with my clients kind of a uh business life plan session or career life plan session and we look at the course you know fast forward a year what's the dream for 
for our career, our business or our life. And then again, work backwards. So mm. what are the key milestones within that? And I've used that word a lot, but that's quite important. And then breaking it down to those actions again. So I think it's good to do it quarterly. I really love the idea of putting a time frame on it. I think mm. you're so right. Like so often I will have goals kind of vaguely in my mind, but won't achieve them because I don't really have an idea of what or when. And like you say, yeah. you lose urgency or another goal takes place. Yeah. So I think that's a really good kind of more strategic and calm way of doing goals. And what that does as well is builds in that accountability, doesn't it? Because that's absolutely key, even to yourself. Because I can say I'm going to, I don't know, start a podcast or something. But if I don't go and actually take a step and say, like, lock in with the first person to do it, then mm-hmm. I haven't created any real reason or urgency to do it you know it's kind of putting those things in place that make you do things yeah as well how do you think uh, well actually first I want to ask about putting it into action but I also want to ask you about with goals like how much should they be really aspirational and how much should they be realistic because for me I know that I Mm. create goals that are like I want to be a tv presenter and that's just like really vague really wide I don't have any kind of actionable steps and of course I never achieve it but then you do want an element of it being something that really excites you so how realistic should they be I think it's so important to have big aspirational goals and not be afraid of those because, do you know what? Things have a funny way of working themselves out, don't they? You're always putting kind of, you're putting things into action all the time. But I believe if you put that out to the the universe, if you like, and write it down and you're always even, I think, subconsciously working towards it. So all the little things that you're doing, like the things you're saying yes to, all the things that you're pursuing feed into that. But I do recognise as well that those really big goals, and not to say that that is a faraway goal Mm. for you though to be a presenter, but those big goals can seem a bit overwhelming Mm. and scary. So I think it's like, okay, well, if that is the big dream, then what are the things that could help me get there? What experience could I get? Or what could I put my hand up for? Or what could I be doing now that could lead me to that path or um, what connections could I make or you know who could I surround myself with there's all sorts of different things aren't there that you mm. could be doing in order to make that a reality so mm. as a coach that's what I'd be looking at all those different things those that, kind of smaller steps that might help you yeah so it, it is yeah doing the things that are feeding into that ultimately yeah fantastic yeah. and your company Shia Mighty focuses on empowering women mm. and you do you only coach women I do. You're only coach women. Yeah. Was that a, a decision that you knew you wanted to take from the start? I'm trying to think when I realised, I think pretty much from the start, because I guess the name speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be empowering and aspirational. Um, and I think for me, it's really a big, it's a part of me. You know, I when I watch any TV programme, for example, I just need a strong female lead. If there isn't one, I'm just not interested. (laughs) It's one of those things. And I know that what gets me, you know, almost those things that get you a bit angry in the world, you know, Mm. inequality on every level, but, you know, especially gender equality is a focus for me. Um, that makes me angry. Mm. And I have debates all the time with family members, my husband's family, that kind of thing. And it's just something that I just really get behind. And it just feels like it's intrinsic to the work I do as well. Because on the one hand, you could say I have a coaching business. But for me, when I think about all that, it's, I just think it's inextricably linked. You know, that confidence gap, the leadership ambition gap, um, 
yes, self-doubt, all of those things. And they're often related to our identity and Mm. um, as women and society and, you know, family relationships and all that kind of thing. So it just all feeds in for me. It just feels right. It really is a lifestyle business when something is an extension of of your passions like mine's very similar like about time is an extension of the things that I'm interested in and wanted to explore further and in in similar way your coaching is like that as well and you know you'll drive it then don't you if Mm. you can really get behind something and I'm really excited at the moment because I um I'm passionate about um I kind of like charity stuff as well but interestingly I was watching um I was watching the Graham Norton show, as you do, and um, David Beckham came on and so, you know, got my attention, that kind of stuff. But he's actually um, an ambassador for UNICEF and um, he's got the, he's sorry, an ambassador particularly for the Seven programme within UNICEF. And I kind of thought that's really interesting because Seven is about um, helping young people reach their potential, potential, but particularly young girls um, and in developing countries with these barriers in education and all that kind of stuff. I thought that's really interesting. That's something I could get definitely get behind and Googled it and didn't think much of it. Anyway, on that networking front, a couple of months previous to that, I'd um I'd done a talk for someone um and a girl came up to me afterwards and said I, you know, really loved your talk. I thought thought that was great and we exchanged details and didn't think really much of it, you know, after then. But a week after I'd watched the Graham Norton show um she'd gone in touch and she said I'm now head of UNICEF mm. and um I'd love to offer you a collaboration with the University of London to kind of host an event um you know run it with us and so I'm going to be doing that with them that's amazing it's, yeah it's really exciting and um the topic is going to be female empowerment and helping um women I guess um provide inspiration but help them navigate the world of work and leadership and mm set them up for their best, happiest and most fulfilled lives. So the reason I talk about that is because I think when you're kind of clear in what you're passionate about, when you're you're working on those things, opportunities start coming to you. Mm. You know, obviously you're putting the work in and you're putting the effort in, but... I know, I know it does you. sound kind of airy-fairy, but yeah. I do think the universe does listen. I yeah. so often thought things and then they've materialised. And I just yeah. think thinking them, you say them out loud to a few friends and before you know it, something happens. And if you keep all that stuff inside, it never happens. So yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I think spirituality and, and that side of things is very much working progress for me. I don't think it was a part of my upbringing. upbringing it's not something that necessarily comes naturally to me but the things that have happened mm. I just almost I can't question it now yeah, you I kind think. of feel like you have to believe yeah. in something <laughs> what does female empowerment mean to you there's I think there's a few different levels to it I mean because it obviously there's the there's the equality piece isn't there and that's kind of equal rights equal treatment all that kind of thing of men and women girls and boys but I think female empowerment for me as well it is that women taking control, um, making things happen for themselves, a self-empowerment piece. So, um, yeah, so I, I do think, yeah, there's a few levels to it, but ultimately it is empowering women at work, mm. at home, and women feeling like they're able to do that for themselves as what, well. What do you think, kind of generally speaking, is holding women back from reaching true potential and from taking more risks? Yeah, there's, I think that's a complex one and it, it varies from individual to individual. But I do think there's still, um, there are barriers in society, you know, things like gender stereotypes, those sorts of things make me mad. I don't even know why they exist, you mm. know. So that's something that I'm 
always thinking about and have something to say on. So there's definitely those attitudes at home as well. And obviously, um, women are going to, you know, if they want children, they're going to be mums. And but that doesn't need to hold us back. But I think the way that our working lives are and how companies operate, mm. women aren't always enabled in those situations. Mm. So I think, you know, that attitudes around that and practices, because it's very well speaking about it, isn't it? Obviously, the gender pay gap has been, you know, they have companies with over 200 plus employees have to publish their gender pay gap now. And they have to be seen to be doing things around that, which is great. But the nature of how we enable women needs to change. The culture needs to change. So I'm hoping Mm. this is a trigger for that. Um, But we've got a long way to go. So there's that. And I and also the things that we've talked about, you know, that um, the confidence gap, you know, definitely women doubt themselves more in Mm. my experience. Um, And yeah, I think underestimating themselves I was listening actually randomly to to Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg this morning on the treadmill. I just happened to think I'm just going to put that on for a bit of a bit of a boost. And she was talking about that leadership ambition gap. So I think I think that's shifting. But with that, as women are being accelerated in their careers, I think a woman summed it up perfectly for me. Actually, I spoke to her this morning. She said, "My my career has accelerated, but I don't feel like my personal development has caught up with it mm. because she's got there." But she she just needs that bit of like re- reflection and support and working on herself and priori- prioritizing herself then yeah. within that because she f- she doesn't feel like the perhaps the success that she has gained or something along those lines. Yeah, I think also flexible working is is such an issue because there's still quite an outdated idea of what work looks like mm. that you're in an office from the hours of nine till five yeah. and then you have a baby and then it's a bit all or nothing you either stop your career or you like turn into the mum that everyone's like rude about where it's like she goes back to work straight away and there's yeah. we I think our just whole attitude to work mm. needs to change in terms of flexibility and understanding like people's working habits that yeah. not everyone is productive between the hours of nine and five in that kind of set way yeah and that if we allow a bit more flexibility people would benefit from it absolutely and that's something I've learned from having my own business is that and it takes a while to break that though, doesn't it? Once you, when you've been working nine till five, mm. that to not do that feels quite unnatural because it's so ingrained in us, but it doesn't need to be that way. And I think as well, I think that's why we're seeing such a rise in women starting their own businesses, mm. um, or having side hustles because I know ultimately for me, a big part of this was me taking control of my professional identity so that I could like create success on my terms and not be held back by how a company might, you know, I didn't have to conform in that way. Yeah, definitely. And also just that it's your own and that no one can take it away from you. There's a lot of corporate high flyers that in a minute it can be gone. And the fact that you've built something of your own on your own terms is amazing and very empowering. Yeah, it is. And it's so ironic. I think often when you're working for a company, you don't actually feel any more stable or safe is the word I think lots of people have fear that they're going to be mm. that they're is the word disposable and yeah. well, you know that kind of yeah. and ultimately they are that's the the you know the problem but that's also an irrational fear don't mm. get me wrong because you can always go and get a, another job you can but um it's funny how if I had and 
I was thinking, I find it interesting that I used to feel that when that wasn't, there was a lot more stability with income and all that kind of thing in a way, but then you can build that for yourself in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think um, in terms of growth, what do you think holds businesses back and how can you kind of have a bit more clarity in terms of what growth looks like to you? Yeah, I think, um, well, growth, I think I feel very lucky that my background was in sales, not that I'm selling to people now um in my business so much it's a different kind of relationship it's you know it's got we've got to feel that bond it's got to be the right working relationship but ultimately business development and activities around that that's something I drive all the time perhaps maybe to my detriment because I could be focusing on other things and I get caught up in that maybe but maybe people don't do that enough because they're afraid of that in Mm -hmm. their business perhaps But I think also outsourcing, that's something that I've learned, you know, when you're trying to do everything yourself within your business, you can't do everything well, can't you? Can you, sorry? And you've got, we've all got different strengths. And whilst I think it's important to develop our weaknesses, you know, and work on those things, it's also important to recognize when you can let things go. And there are so many different websites and different ways that freelancers, people per hour is quite a good website, you know, all those different things and solutions out there where you can pay somebody to do something for not too much money Um, so I've started to try and do that with the bits of my business you know that I can let go a bit more so I think definitely that that business development piece I think people hold I think outsourcing and also people and and particularly women holding themselves back like being afraid to put themselves out there on social media or Mm. um, yeah again it's that irrational fear or discomfort that uncomfortable you've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable haven't you when mm. you run your own business absolutely you have to put yourself out there a lot yeah. and then and often when you do it you think why didn't I do that before I think all of those things that I've done I've always felt that way mm. afterwards if I felt my, myself back in any way absolutely yeah um, in terms of creativity I something that I find really challenging as a small business mm. owner is kind of working on the business and in the business and the creative side of working on a business is probably the bit that I enjoy more but the type the thing that I get the least amount of time for because you're doing all the admin and all the Mm. nitty-gritty you don't get to kind of visualize the future and get creative with your business um what could you what advice could you give people if they're finding that they're a little bit tired or a bit uninspired in Mm. terms of the creativity side of what they do it's taking a step back, I think. It's creating space for that creativity and starting to recognise where you find it. Because for some people, it might be just going out in nature and getting some fresh air and just getting away from the the everyday environment. Because I think if we, we do spend our most of our working hours in the same environment or at home or whatever it is, that doesn't necessarily give us, stimulate our mm. brain in that way. We are going through the motions and it's it's easier to, isn't it? Because mm. our brain will be lazy where it can. It'll go into automatic <laughs> kind of pilot um, and do the things where we can just function. So it's taking yourself out of that environment and finding what gives you inspiration, whether that's, I don't know, going to a gallery, listening to music, um, chatting to someone or um, brainstorming, whatever it is, finding those things that allow you that. Mm. So creating space for it. And I also think creating boundaries, it's very easy, isn't it? We're so connected to just be checking email all the time or thinking an email comes in, I've got to get back to it straight away. You're um, giving your time away to other people or clients or Mm. staff or whatever it is. But actually, that's not often the best use of our time. And that doesn't make us more productive and certainly not creative. So it's allocating those times for when you do certain things. 
Mm. I think as well is really important. And I do that with a lot of my really busy women. Yeah. Do you find living outside of the centre of the city is like good for your creativity? Do you find a bit inhibited by living like when you were in London centre? Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think wherever you are, if you're in the same environment, because when I'm in Berkhamsted, where I live, I, I'm often at home. And I find if I spend, I don't typically spend too much there. I spend half my time in London, half my time there. But I think just in that static environment for me isn't best. I think it's important to get out, even go to a cafe. Mm. And I think you can do that wherever you are. I don't necessarily think, don't get me wrong, nature is 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 nice. That like kind of gives you a new lease of life and um, is good for your well-being. But I think... Ultimately, it's just find, finding those different spaces that that give you that, not necessarily city or yeah, just finding it country. With it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Primrose Hill. Yeah, that's where I go to do all my thinking. Just go for a nice Lovely. walk, Primrose Hill, get some headspace. Yeah, um, you must work a lot with your clients on productivity and trying to allow people to be more productive with their work. Mm. We talked about side hustles before. Um, what advice do you give in terms of productivity and perhaps some things that you've learned yourself with your business about yeah. being more productive? Often a lot of the women that I work with are super productive, but the problem is, is overwhelm because they're so busy. They've got so much going on. They're juggling. So actually my biggest tip for productivity is to simplify. So I spend a lot of my time like kind of whittling down to almost like what are the three most important things that I want to happen, that I want to make happen Mm. this week or even in a or that day. You know, if I get this one thing done today, it will be a good day. Because I think we can have endless to-do lists that are forever growing. And we're almost setting ourselves up for failure again in that we're never going to get, when are we going to get through that? Because it's ongoing, we keep adding to it. Mm. So it's, it really is stripping it back and thinking, okay, because there's a difference, isn't there, between being busy and productive as well. We can keep ourselves busy Mm. with doing things, but are those things going to move us forward in our business or in our career, whatever it is? So again, and that comes to the goal setting, doesn't it? It's Mm. what am I looking to achieve this month or this quarter or whatever it is? What are the key things that need to happen? And how can I break those down over the course of a week or Mm. um, whatever it is? It sounds like a lot of um, what you've learned over the course of what you do is about stepping back Mm. that you... And I, you know, listening to you speak, I really feel like it resonates with me. It's like just going through the post, uh, through the paces, like 100 miles an hour, doing loads of stuff, and not questioning a huge amount about like why I'm doing what I'm doing and whether it's like working towards something. And I, I do think that we do go at a crazy pace yeah. with our careers, and that what you're talking about is really good. Just stepping back, kind of calmly evaluating things, and then reintroducing what you really want into your career. Yeah, absolutely. And that is one of the biggest things. I think when you work with a coach, you create space for yourself to reflect and really figure out what's important to you and what it is that you want. And it might be, it might not be that thing that you've actually been driving or working towards, or it might Mm. be that, but not in that way, you know? So I think that, yeah, that process of creating that space and reflection and knowing why you do what you do is absolutely mm. key to being fulfilled and happy. I think it's interesting that you do business, life and career because 
I actually think that's so important because they're so much more integrated than we allow ourselves to think. Mm. And just going to a business coach often like won't solve the problem in the first place because it's actually a life problem or, you know, your career. It's it's all one. And we that work life integration thing is so important. But again, we're still kind of coming to terms with seeing work in that way that what we want personally might be reflecting our careers or might not. And we need to understand those drives. It's interesting because when I first started my business, I literally just had a life coaching program because I thought I'm fed up with corporate. I've had enough. I need to just, you know, get away from it. It was almost like I was burnt out. I'd had enough and I was putting this almost, not a barrier rep, but that's what I felt I wanted to focus on. And then I realized, you know, with my background in recruitment and sales and all that kind of thing, it made sense for me to do career coaching. And then as I run my own business, I can do business coaching. But actually it's almost a bit more of a not a marketing thing. It's it's for people find it easier. If they come to me thinking, it's my career I want to focus on, it makes it easier for them to see that and think, yes, that's what I need. But actually, they might come to me for their career and will end up working on their relationships or mm. whatever it is that's actually... Actually um, going on. Yeah, that's actually going on. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I debated about what to kind of call myself, you know, because life coach is that cheesy, you know, but... But ultimately, it kind of does sum it up because we are one person at the end of the day and can't separate personal and professional. Really, they all have a knock on, you know, all those different life aspects and Mm -hmm. priorities have a knock on effect on the other. So I would always take that holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It's just I just devise my programs that way so people can almost find it easier to relate to what they're thinking they want to focus on. Yeah. It's more for them than it is yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, my final question is about, we've talked a lot if you're kind of in a job and you're looking to like up a gear or set more goals. But what about stripping it back that say you just feel like you're in the wrong career and you're like, what am I doing? I'm just not happy. But you're yeah. so overwhelmed by it and you just don't know which way to turn. What kind of like questions should you be asking yourself if you're looking to make quite a, like a major career change or just mm. do something to shake things up? So a major career change. So I would be thinking about um, things like what am I what am I actually passionate about? And I know sometimes people think, well, I'm actually passionate about loads of things. So that's a difficult question, but that is a good place to start. What have I always been good at? You know, what even what subjects did I enjoy when I was um, younger? You know, often that's a huge giveaway, like the subjects you chose, even though you might not have felt like that was a really conscious decision or whatever, because it felt like such a long time ago when you were just going through the motions. Actually, they do indicate where our strengths lie. And then be asking, okay, what are, ask yourself that question, what are my strengths? You know, what do I do really well? And what do I enjoy doing? And there should be lots of clues within those questions. And also the opposite, what do I really not enjoy Mm. about my job? What would I rather not be doing what kind of environment would I like to be in what would I like my working day to look like Mm. um I think again you know like I said this was a freedom and a lifestyle business to me so it was around yeah what does my dream life look like Mm. and then how can I achieve that through what I'm doing another big one for I think women and women and men but I definitely women who do I want to help because often there is that part of it mm. inter, interlinked with people often will come to me and say, I really just want to help people, mm. you know, and there's lots of ways that you can help people even in your current workplace. So um, 
I've actually just written a, an article on this actually because there is the thing as well as you know we might be feeling fed up in our crib but actually what we need is a holiday and we need a different perspective and a different mindset to what we're doing mm. but if we're certain we're fed up with our career or you know I'd ask yourself those questions yeah like figure out how severe the situation is before yeah. you jump ship into something else yeah maybe you just need to freshen up yeah well thank exactly. you so much for talking to me it's absolutely fascinating thanks for Pleasure. sharing all your advice and being so open and honest if people would like to find out more about you and follow you on social media where can they find you so they can find me at shulmighty.com that's my website and at underscore shulmighty on twitter and instagram and at shulmighty on facebook fantastic thank you so thank, much thank Regula. you so much for having me pleasure many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zeb pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. There's a new episode out every Monday so that you can get inspired every week. And if you're feeling inspired by this episode and are thinking about starting your own business or going freelance, then there is a home for you at Worklife. You can find out more at work.life and they've got their new space in Fitzropia opening in September. been a candy store production for work life hosted by angelica malin and produced by van connor t-shirt weather by poddington bear appears under creative commons 3.0 with podcast recording facilities in partnership with work life visit work.life for more information you can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 